Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, October the 30th. We are reading from the big book, and we are on page 64, the last paragraph, Resentment is the Number One Offender. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Beth W., 12 Traditions, Penny C., and readers of the text, Carmela G., and Janice C. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, October the 29th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 13586, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 13587. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overdose Anonymous. I will now ask Beth W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, compulsive overeater recovered today. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. <clears throat> Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only, <clears throat> excuse me, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service in my past. Thank you, Beth W. And Penny C. will read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning. Thank you. I'm Penny C., recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. The 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. Penny C., I think we lost you. Yeah, my phone muted. I'm sorry. Um, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group might ought, ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Penny C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we will resume our study of the big book. We are on page 64, the last paragraph. Resentment is the number one offender. 
And Carmela G., would you read for us, please? Thank you so much, Lynn. This is Carmela G. from New York, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in recovery for today. Resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burned up. Well, this is our core. Um, And in order to get well, we need to do this inventory. When I entered OA, I had no clue. I was going to a group to lose weight. Today, I belong to a fellowship because I have grown through these steps. The dreaded step four. Everyone yaked about step four. It is a gift, a gift. If we truly dig in, look in, and say, all these years I've been stuffing down all these things that have ticked me off, and now I've let them bubble up. I've put them on paper, doing one column at a time, and getting them out there, and then looking at how I impacted and how I have to keep my side of the street clean. And the resentment is alleviated, provided we are honest. And for many years, I was not honest. I didn't want to admit that it was I was really burned up. But once I listed and dove deep and let them come up, not holding back anything, because the goal is we want freedom. We want joy. We want to be spiritually uplifted. And the end result is that our higher power allows us to be happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I shall pass. Thank you so much. And thank you, Carmela G. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'm hearing some background noise. Thank you, Katie. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared on the line in the last few days to take this opportunity. Please say your name just once 
as it helps me hear everyone. Irene B. Lisa P. Mary Let me tell you who I heard, please. I'm hearing background noise. If we could all check our phones. I heard Katie G, Lauren B, Irene B, Melissa, and there's two people I missed. Nancy, Nancy P, Sharon K. Okay, I heard Nancy P, Naomi B, A K. That's great. And Sharon, we'll pick you up. You're going to start our next round, Sharon K. Okay, this is the list that I have, please. Katie G. Nancy P, Lauren N, Irene B, I believe it was Melissa C, and Naomi B. So if we could all please check our phones and just make sure nobody is on speaker. And unless you're Katie G, please mute your phone. And Katie G, please start us off. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks for your service. So this paragraph continues to differentiate me from normal human beings, normal human emotions. This is telling me that anger, resentment is a stem. It is the main root leading into me and making me spiritually sick and physically ill. It is going to kill me. I don't have the privilege of gossiping, slandering, and then moving on. It eats me for lunch. It says I am burned up, which means I am destroyed. My normal friends do not get destroyed by their anger because they're not addicts. It burns me up. And I just wanted to give an example. Self-centered resentment, self-centered fear. This is what it sounds like. I am resentful, someone's unmuted. I'm not resentful about that though. I'm resentful at my husband, the cause, not communicating with me in the way I want him to. It affects my self-esteem because I'm telling myself if I was good enough, he would do what I wanted. My security, I can't be emotionally secure if he's not doing what I demand. My physical security, I am feeling panic and anger and rage in my body because he's not doing what I want. My ambition, how am I going to succeed in the world if I, I can't get my own husband to do what I demand? My pride, my ego, who does he think he is? I am Katie G. He should do what I want. My sex relations, uh-uh, no way. Real husbands communicate with their wives. Real wives are able to push their husbands to do what they want. And, of course, the driving, the driving, you know, um, uh, sentiment of everything that eats me for lunch is fear. I don't have a negative feeling unless I'm afraid, right? And I remember from being really early young, I was angry at the world. I thought that the world was out to get me, that life wasn't fair, that everybody had, you know, something that I couldn't get. I, my first, um, my first inventory, and I please don't, you know, kill me when I tell you this, 
I learned it because it took me a year. I know, don't shoot me, but I didn't eat through it. But the most important thing I know today is I need to learn how to do this step four work. Why? Because I just shared the beginning of resentment work that I did the other day. Because I'm recovered today contingent on how hard I am working to stay connected with God. No matter what, I am not just a human. I'm an addict. I am sick. And the only way to stay connected to God is to do this work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Nancy P., it's your turn, followed by Irene B. Please go ahead, Nancy. Hi, thanks for letting me share. So resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. So that tells me that if I can take care of resentments, everything else will fall into place. Because I spent, I, I still do, spend a lot of time like getting, being out of control. And the only thing that um, keeps me sane is, Staying close to my higher power, as the previous caller said, previous speaker. Um, you know, I've noticed myself lately feeling what mistakenly I've labeled it as fear, but when I dug down a little bit, what I realized what I was feeling was um, restless, irritable, and discontented, just sort of a general hum of resentment. And, you know, I know what to do. I'm not especially burned up at anybody. I'm just sort of slowly simmering, I guess. And, um, and I'm sick of it. I hate it. And the only thing, you know, I surrendered. And so I can't stand living like that anymore. And so I am forced to seek out help. And I'm forced to seek out um, more work. I'm not forced to seek out the couch, or extra food or anything like that. I'm forced to, to rid myself of these feelings. I'm forced to seek out the solution. And the solution is saying what it is and getting rid of it. And um, I have to say that, you know, I still continue to have to grow. I wish I could say that, you know, once I get rid of one thing, it's done. I'm done. I get emptier. No, nature abhors a vacuum. And all of my problems are alive and well. And those that are solved, there's more waiting to get in line to their place in my brain. And so um, that's what I do. I do. I do this work every single day. There's no way around it. There's no way through it except to do it. And, um, you know, I do it with a glad heart today. And I stay close to my higher power. And I've taken on some new things to keep me that way. When I feel the old, you know, my current way is getting old and tired or getting a little shop worn, then I, I think of something else to keep it fresh. And um, I'm rewarded beyond my wildest, wildest dreams, beyond my wildest dreams. Um, I'm rewarded with not only staying recovered, but having more than just glimpses of happy, joyous, and free um, life. I, I live in that space for much of the time now, and I never, ever, ever thought that that was going to be for me, only for others, never for me. And um, it's for me too, and it's for anybody else who wants it. It's free, it's abundant, and it's available. Um, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Irene B., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. 
Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B., a very gratefully recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Gosh, um, I'm really loving this book. Um, I mean, there's so many things that are jumping at me, this spiritual disease. I didn't think I had a spiritual disease. I had a good relationship with God, even, um, yeah, very complicated, but I wanted to be close to him, and I studied him, and I tried to 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 learn things from him that would give me encouragement and make me feel good about myself. But um, but I wasn't able to accomplish the relationship that I have with God now um, until I really worked this program in in in, in through abstinence. I, I'm you know it's like a like a like a beyond the spiritual awakening, more like awakening from the living dead, and that's a very accurate description. But uh, yes, I have a spiritual disease. And once I have spiritual healing, that means that I'm connected to the source, to the power that enables me to refute all the bad things that I tell myself about myself. And that's really, really good that with God's power, I can tell myself I am lovable, I am worthy, and all those very important things. But here we are also talking about being angry, and it's like angry? It's like I don't do anger. And it's like, wait a minute, I do anger now, but that's a million dollars worth of therapy after the fact. Yes, I, today I get angry. And when I feel angry, I feel alive because I'm not stuffing it. I'm not paralyzed by it. I don't freeze. I feel it and I express it and it's beautiful. But there is so much inside of me that is not processed and I don't feel anger about the old stuff. I feel no anger whatsoever. I have no resentment towards uh, people who haunt me very, very badly, and then I get frustrated, and I figure, well, maybe, let me try to figure out how how a person who's experienced what I've experienced would feel if it didn't happen to me and it happened to them, and I said, oh, yeah, they'd be angry, but I'm not angry. I'm sad. I'm hurt. Just so very sad and so very hurt. So this concept of getting angry, it's like that was a luxury that has not allowed me as a kid. Time I had a function. And now that I feel my anger, it's actually a gift, and I can process it properly and get past it because anger is a normal feeling as long as we don't stuff it. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene B. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Naomi B. Please go ahead, Melissa. Hey, Hi. good morning. This is, oh, oh, sorry. Is it Melissa P. first? Are you taking or Melissa C.? I, I had Melissa C., please, and I've got you after Naomi, Melissa P. Perfect. Thank you. Sorry about that. That's okay. Hi, it's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and starting my timer. Um, 
you know, for, like for me to live without um, courting resentments, because um, that's what I've done. Like I've, I've courted them, you know, like a great love affair. Um, it's a decision today. You know, it's a practice and um, it's a discipline and it's an exercise. And I get this opportunity. I can improve on it daily. Um, and, you know, this fourth step inventory was my first introduction to separating myself from from the backstory, you know, and it, it really, it helps me to know um, when I'm doing something and I'm trying to identify what I want to do, um, what I shouldn't be doing, right? Like the non-example is powerful. So for me, like the non-example is, um, you know, it's not about listing and digging up all the ways that the world and its people screwed me, you know, um, because that's, that's what I really thought an inventory was, and I think that's why it frightened me, because I didn't really want to look at it. Um, you know, but this inventory process is really about uncovering why was I so angry, not why did this happen to me or why did they do this to me, you know, but why am I so so pissed off still? And, you know, um, if I stay in the why did they do this or why me, then I'm igniting the resentment. And, and I think that's a mistake I made a lot, you know. Um, you know, so when I look at the why was I angry, it's to identify what was affected in me. You know, my self-esteem, my pocketbook, my ambitions, my relationships. And, you know, one of the most um, eye-opening revelations that I've had and I, I get the benefit of seeing other people have this same kind of revelation, is when I began to see the patterns, you know, in, in all of this, and it became clear um, that for me it was like the same old story again and again in every story, right, in my inventory, um, and it helped to sort of minimize the storytelling. But each one had different characters, a different setting, and maybe even different problems, but there was a common central theme, you know, and every story included me. And and the beautiful thing is that um, since they all really have the same central theme, they all have the same solution. You know, there's not a resentment that's happened in my life that I've clung to that a spiritual relationship hasn't been able to improve. You know, finding out my part was powerfully freeing because – that's the part I can do something about. And, um, you know, so there's really nothing to be afraid of here. It, it's it's completely freeing, and it helps us live free from the food. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Naomi B., it's your turn, followed by Melissa T. Please go ahead, Naomi. Hi. Good, mo- good morning, Lynn. Can you hear me Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you, dear. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Well, resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From, from it stems all forms of spiritual disease. I, you know, this is it. This is, this is what I was, I was just experiencing. My son-in-law cheated on my daughter, and I wanted him dead. You know, I mean, how dare you do this to my my daughter? That's my baby. And I was I was playing God. I was playing God. I wanted this man destroyed. 
And like, who am I to say that? And yeah, it was gnawing a hole in my spirit because there's a God and it's not me. And I sat down one day quietly, did the resentment form, and I surrendered. And I turned it over to my higher power. And I felt a peace come over me. And I literally said, I forgive my son-in-law. But that wasn't enough. Talk about my higher power having a sense of humor. I was at church one morning, and my son-in-law walked in, and I had to face him. And I said to him, I love you and I forgive you. And he walked away, and I felt like I was going to pass out. Like, how did this happen? How did this happen? How did I have this such strong resentment and, excuse the expression, but hatred toward this man? And there I was forgiving and loving him. And you know what? For my spirit and for my program and for my sanity, I need to forgive. And that's why this wonderful program, doing the resentment any time during the day. I believe they call that the 10th step. Is doing it any time during the day. And I feel at peace because for this crazy, for this crazy compulsive overeater and living in recovery for today, I need to forgive, and I need that peace. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. And now we have Kelly E Y S with an announcement. Please go ahead, Kelly. Hey, Lynn. Good morning, everybody. It is Kelly E Y S in Oklahoma, recovered compulsive overeater. So it's that time, convention. So when is this convention coming up? When November 15th through the 17th at the Marriott Hotel and Convention Center at Newark, New Jersey, Liberty International Airport. So I've been around these rooms for decades, as you guys have known, right? And I uh, have been in AA, Al-Anon, OA, you name it. Um, and I've learned that healthy meetings grow and unhealthy meetings die out. And I've seen that over the decades, right? So when I came into vision, you know, that first year, there were less than 100 people on this line. And now every day there's two meetings, and then this one is over 400. And, you know, I ask myself, why is that? Because this is a healthy meeting. Vision for you is not only healthy, it's what we've heard. It's the renaissance of OA. This meeting is bringing the big book alive. We're getting instructions again. And that conference for me was a chance to see all these voices that we hear every day on the line, all the voices out there that we're not hearing. It's all together in one room. It was so crazy powerful. I've been to a lot of conventions. I want to tell you guys something. This conference won't fix you. I had a lot of expectations in my life. This conference, this retreat, this speaker, this conference will not fix you. It's not going to be magic. But what is it? It's miracles. There will be over 800 miracles. You can come, be one of the miracles, or find your miracle. If you come with an open heart and an open mind, you're going to have a chance to see the power of the big book, this message of depth and weight that we study every day in these rooms. One big room. It's unbelievable. I just came and tell you the power. So guess what? We have a chance to, to register through tomorrow. So get on if you're a procrastinator like me. There are still rooms at the Renaissance. The Renaissance is convenient. They've actually got convention prices. They're having dedicated door-to-door speedy limousine service. So you don't even have to get an Uber on your own. There's a bulletin board on the website. Our website is www.avisionforyou.info. 
That's A-B-I-S-I-O-N, the number four, Y-O-U dot info. Get on it now. I'm telling you guys, come get your miracle or be the miracle and share your recovery. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Kelly E-Y-S. And now it's Melissa P. Melissa, please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Sorry about earlier. So excited to share. Um, Good morning, everyone. I'm Melissa P. from Buffalo. Um, You know, resentment is the number one offender. When I went through my personal inventory a couple weeks ago, there were things that came to the surface that after learning from the big book and learning from all of you that there were things that I was still allowing to kill me that weren't even pertinent in my life anymore. Um, You know, one of my biggest resentments in my life is my father, who I've never even met. And for whatever reason, my disease, you know, I'm in a bag of Doritos, angrily eating or going through a drive-thru after a hard day at work or during the holidays or thinking about who's going to walk me down the aisle, you know, killing myself with food or, you know, doing things with food because I'm angry at him still 35 years later and going in and taking it out on my family, you know, my, my children and my husband who love me and show up for me every day. And it's like I'm carrying this boulder around with me everywhere I go in this anger towards him and my mom kept me in the food. It was holding me down and I was drowning. I was going to die there, you know, and thankful for this program every day and the people that hold my hand and walk with me, you know, because when I'm carrying these boulders, I can't get up to the light of my higher power. I can't. The mountain is, it's just too much. And so if I want to be in the sunlight of the spirit where my life is beautiful and I am grateful for everything that's in there, I need to let them go. I need to put them down. They're not hurting me anymore. You know, and so doing what I need to do and and turning that resentment and praying for him. Melissa, can and, you hang on for yeah. a second? If, yeah. if everybody could please check their phone, somebody is unmuted. Thank you very much. Okay, sorry, Melissa. Do you want to keep oh, going ahead? That's okay. Um, you know, I am was over 300 pounds. Angry at him. I'm sorry, sorry, That's okay. Yeah. Okay, if we could all please check our phones. Somebody is unmuted. Okay. I need a straw. Some, yeah. Okay, we're just getting that taken care of. Okay, there we go. Sorry, Melissa, would you like to continue? Melissa, press star one. There we go. There we go. There you are. I'm so sorry. <laughs> thank you. I um, thank you. You know, but that's that's really what it is, is that these boulders were weighing me down, and they didn't know that I was eating because of them. 
that I was angry and unkind to people around me when I was in that self-pity. And it's, it's a miracle that I have forgiveness, that I have a love in my heart that I've never felt before. And because for me, my higher power looks like everything I wanted a dad to be, you know? And so that's a stepping stone to get where I need to go in my recovery. And I'm grateful that I do have a dad that I can talk to and bring my problems to and go to for comfort. And, you know, I feel that with all of you right now in these rooms. And so I'm not eating anymore. And I am feeling those feelings and those resentments aren't going to kill me. And that's a freedom that that's a freedom that I could have never imagined. So thank you so much for your patience. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa P. Okay, just a reminder for those of us who may have come on the line a little later, we are on page 64, and we are reading the last paragraph, Resentment is the number one offender. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity, and please say your name just once. It helps me hear everyone. So I've got Sharon Kay. Who else would like to share? Christina C. Mary Jamie M. Ginger C. Teresa C. Okay, let me tell you who I did here, okay? I heard Sharon K. There was a Lauren, Christine, Charles, I think. Hmm. Ginger. Ginger C. And Craig F. That's who I heard. So I apologize for whoever I missed. That's what I did get. So we've got our lineup. Thank you for now. I'd like to ask everybody, please do check your lines so that there's nobody unmuted except for Sharon Kay. And Sharon, please go ahead. Sharon, press star one, please. Okay, we're not reaching Sharon. Is Lauren available to share? Good morning, everyone. This is Lauren Kay in Vancouver, Canada. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm so excited to be on this meeting. I can't sleep, so normally I'm not on this meeting because I'm sleeping. Uh, fortunately and unfortunately and fortunately, I'm, I'm here right now and it's just so great to be able to be part of this live I listen to the recordings all the time and I'm very excited to go to the convention I came to OA because I wanted to lose weight and I really honestly thought that I just loved food Um, growing up I was quite a serious uh, piano player and I remember sitting at the piano trying to practice and as I would sit there at the piano I would ruminate over all these things that were bothering me and and I was I was in resentment, even as a child, even as a teenager. And I also was then getting up and I was uh, binge eating. And I never, of course, equated the two until decades later. So I came to OA after trying everything else in the book to lose weight. And I came to OA and I... And I was I did a program first that had me do steps one, two, and three really slowly. And so I kept relapsing, and I went through about 23 to 25 sponsors, and I just kept relapsing. And I finally heard on vision that steps one, two, and three 
are just acceptance steps. And the first action comes in step four. And here I was never getting to have the opportunity to see that I actually had a part in all of this pain that I was feeling. I was so resentful. I had no idea that it was because I was looking for my own confidence in other people. I was looking for validation in who I was in other people. And I had no idea. And, and all my resentments always stemmed down to fear. And I never had, I just never had that chance. And what, and, and now of course, as I, I still want to lose weight, but that even has just taken the back of the background. And I used to hear people say this and I'd be like, I'll never be one of those people that like, you know, came for the vanity and staying for the sanity. But I got to tell you, the food is quiet. And it's, I it's because today I have this daily reprieve from doing the work and um, God willing, every time a resentment comes up and I'll, t- if I don't have at least one a day, something's going on because, and I, and then and to give it away in a step 10, if I don't have one, at least one, once a day, twice a day, I'm not really paying attention because I used to live my entire life in resentment, whether it was someone who cut me off in traffic to my parents who raised me incorrectly. So are, so I think they all, you know, from a, someone said from a hangnail to like child abuse, I didn't experience that, but all of those things all create the same type of resentments that, um, that I was eating over and to be able to work through that and see my part and see that actually there is dishonesty that I am reading minds of people and I am guessing at what they're thinking. And I am looking for time, my self worth. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Lauren Kay. Christine, it's your turn, followed by Charles H. And Christine, if we could have the initial of your last name, please. Good morning. It's Christina J. from the state of Washington, getting my timer going. Um, God bless everyone on the line today. This is powerful. This is fantastic stuff. And this is the kind of stuff that saved me and began to give me hope when I first started listening to Vision, that there was a way through. Um, I was in and out of diets for years, of course, trying to control my weight, and I learned early um, how to live life from my parents, and my parents were addicts, and they were sick people, and um, I took on that disease as well, and it, you know, in the long run, even though it was miserable for 60 years, um, I am so grateful to my addiction because through it, God has brought me to a way of living that has freed me from myself and continues to free me from myself every day. Um, I had no idea I was living by old habit patterns of of resentment and fear and dishonest and selfishness. I had no clue. And um, I stuck my toe in and out of OA for years. I had no idea what it was about. Carried a big book around with me for years. Had it in my book pile. Never really broke it open. Of course, I think I did when I went to uh, the chapter, you know, how it works, there's a solution. Uh, there was no diet plan there, so, you know, I was quickly out of it. But when my second husband died of cancer, I just couldn't do another diet. I was in the middle of doing Optifast, which is kind of a five-shake-a-day starvation routine, and I had to put it down. I was so, I felt so deprived inside, and the diet felt like total deprivation to my heart. And so I jumped in to Vision finally in 2014 and found out through this step, this particular step, 
that I was living my life <clears throat> on resentments. I'd gone all my life living in resentments. I was not allowed to get angry. I did not allow myself to get angry because I saw my mother getting angry and throwing things across the room and screaming at my father and my stepfathers. And I was not going to live that way. I was not going to show people that I was angry, and I was going to prove to the world that I was perfect and I could do things right and I could be a decent, loving person. But I was burning up inside with volcanoes of resentment and anger and fear and um, <clears throat> trying to live my life the best I knew how <clears throat> and trying to make life go the way I thought it should go. <clears throat> I believed in God, and I believed he saved me from a lot of calamities, but I wasn't letting him run my life. I had no idea I wasn't letting him run my life. Um, so uh, I had this huge spiritual disease of disconnection from my God when <clears throat> it came to my resentments. But I'll tell you something as I get ready to wrap up here, that when I did this four-step, and I did it like my sponsor said, and I saved that last column for the, for the last revelation of what this is about, I was shocked at how it, re it revealed things to myself about my life and the way I was running it that were amazing. And I was so free when I got to sit with my fourth step for an hour afterwards and, and search out, I'm going to wrap up, search out God's will for my life and search out maybe what else was holding me back. And every day I get to keep cleaning this up and live my life this way. So if you're not in this yet, jump in. You're going to get there and you're going to be fine. Don't be afraid. The water is beautiful. God bless everyone I pass. Thank you, Christina J. I'm going to try Sharon K. again. Sharon, are you available? Press star one if you are. Okay, I guess Sharon isn't available. Now, did I hear Charles H. or did I mix that one up as well? Charles, did you want to share? Okay, I know I heard Ginger C. Ginger, could you go ahead, please? Ginger, press star one. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And um, I just want to begin by saying thank you to God, doing for me always what I do not do for myself. And my beginning began four years ago today. So anyone that's eating and relapse, you know, just don't give up. You have no idea when that window's going to roll down. And that's why we just keep in this program and we keep showing up. And I just love this promise. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. And that's the crux to me of this whole problem, this restlessness, this irritableness, and this discontent. I can no longer stand being in my skin, and I need some effect. And I know if I take that bite, at once it will come. It will only last about six to eight seconds, but at least I'll get some relief, and I'm desperate for it. So to me, the spiritual malady is a state of extreme resistance to presence. What is going on right here and right now that I do not like? I want to change the channel. And, of course, what do I do? I take the wheel back from God. And this book tells me that God is everything or God is nothing. And it always tells me, too, that self-reliance will fail me over and over and over. 
But like we just read, I get threatened, I get hurt, I go into fear and resentment, and I get blocked. So the gift and the miracle is that I do not only believe in a power greater than myself, but I rely on that completely, 100%. I used to give God 90, but I would hold on to 10. And I've shared this before, that 10% usually were my two kids. And because of this brokenness, this desperate state that God brought me to, and I was finally done, finally convinced, out of ideas, and then most importantly, willing to go to any lengths for victory over this, this action program. It's not what I'm thinking, it's what I'm doing. And the miracle today is I've ceased fighting anything or anyone, especially God. Because I know that nothing's happening by mistake. This is working for me, not against me. There's lessons that I need to learn to grow because the most important thing is I get rid of this ego, this self. And these disturbances are some of my greatest teachers and my greatest opportunities. And so, you know, this is what we do. Wash, rinse, repeat. Having the other one's happiness uppermost in my mind. Helping to meet their needs a day at a time. And then I get to see how I'm packing into the stream of life. But again, whatever I'm thinking, exactly where I'm heading. So where are my thoughts? Am I close and connected? Is God even in the picture? I love the GPS, that God positioning. Is God even on the map? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And Craig F., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Craig. I'm sorry, it caught me by surprise. Um, this is Craig F. recovering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I, I may have missed this, but I'm kind of surprised that I haven't heard people uh, explain what I've all heard on this line over and over again, and that is the, the definition of resentment. And a resentment is a resentiment, a feeling that uh, I won't let go of. It's, uh, you know, I always thought of resentments as some deep hidden anger, you know, um, some righteous judgment that I held on to. But a resentment is, is, uh, can be simpler than that. It can be, uh, it can just be uh, a mild irritation that I won't let go of, a re-feeling uh, that I keep, uh, something I, keep feeling over and over again. And at the root of that, at the root of that feeling something over and over again is my own ego, my own self-centeredness. If if I am, uh, uh, if I am mad at somebody that cut me off in traffic, uh, at the root of that is uh, my ego that says they should drive better. They should do what I would do, which isn't necessarily what I would do, but what I think I would do, that, that they should be, uh, that, that they should be better than they are. Uh, forgetting the fact that I um, have cut people off in traffic and done it inadvertently even, um, you know, so my, my resentments are rooted in my own, my own judgment of the world and my judgment of the world is, re- is rooted in my self-centeredness. And so, when we're going to get rid of resentment, what we're really, I, I believe, what we're really saying is I'm going to get rid of my self-centeredness. And I'm going to get rid of it 
if I if I'm gonna uh, grow and 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 uh, expand in this life, I I I believe I have to get rid of it at every level, not just the not just the I want to murder him kind of resentments, but the I don't even want to talk to you kind of resentments. It's the 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 small stuff, and because a lot of times it is the small stuff. It's the grain of sand in, in the works that'll wear stuff out, uh, you know. And, and so I have to be rid of of that. And what I really have to do at the root is be rid of that idea that I am uh, uh, in charge, that I that I have a script, and that everybody should follow that script. And Part of that is developing some uh, uh, empathy for other people and the things they're going through. Uh, to understand that they, I don't always know, with the, you know, that person that cut me off in traffic may have been uh, may may be dealing with uh, uh, death in his close family and may be dealing with with something that I have no idea what he's dealing with and and. So I have I'm to have sure. empathy. I have to have empathy for other people, and uh, that's what this is going to help me develop. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Uh, and we have time for one last share. Who would like that spot, please? Larry. Sorry, I didn't hear anybody. Okay, Teresa, you I heard. Please go ahead. Thank you. My name is Teresa C. and I am from Wolverham, Massachusetts. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. And when I read this paragraph, I see myself. For me, I know it will always, always be something. And if I resolve one issue, I will seek out another and I will fixate on it until forever. It's almost literally is if I don't have something to ruminate on, I'm uncomfortable. So I know I need to do something different or nothing is going to change for me. And I'm going to continue this cycle of self-created misery. So I'm now doing this work to make my crazy brain stop. And while I am sad that I have to do so much work to get better, I am so infinitely grateful for this fellowship that is helping me. And I want to thank you all because I couldn't do this without you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Teresa C. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Workforce Wednesday, Beth W., Tamara C., Carmela G., Janice C., Penny C., Reva P. and Mary A. B. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this morning, Wednesday, October 30th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 13593. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Janice B., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Vermont. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.